0: This is a Foo Bar Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Callum McSwiggan,
1: Callum McSwiggan. on Foo Bar Radio. Oh, oh, damn. Hello and welcome back to the Callum McSwiggin Show. Today I am joined by I'm I'm gonna call you a media mogul. I don't know if that's correct, <laughs> Matt, but, but that's what I'm gonna call, call me you. What you want, <laughs> I'm joined by the incredible Matt Kane, author of The Madonna of Bolton. It's a pleasure to have you here, Matt. It's um, a pleasure to be here, Callum. I, I wanna dive right in and get talking about your book.
2: Okay, Um, great, let's go.
1: But before we talk about um, the content of the book and why you wrote it, etc., I want to talk about um, the kind of, I guess, I don't know if drama is the right word, but when you were releasing the book, I know that initially you had some problems about the book being considered too gay. The publishing world, I guess, isn't wasn't quite ready. For I feel diplomatically,
2: you say that <laughs> it was rejected over thirty times. <laughs> <darling>. <laughs> you,
1: we don't like <laughs> the term rejection.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How's that for some problems? <laughs> um, yeah. So no, you're absolutely right. I first I wrote the first draft in something like 2008. Started sending it to publishers through. I basically had three rounds of submissions with three different agents over ten years. Everybody turned it down. Lots of them um, said it was too gay and that mainstream straight audiences, particularly female readers, wouldn't be able to empathize Mm. with a central character in his story. And to be honest, they may have had a point in 2008. By the time publishers were rejecting it in 2016, and Sam Smith has the biggest selling album of the year, singing about a man. Every time you'd watch Corrie or EastEnders or Emmerdale, it's always gays. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, this isn't the case anymore. So I took it to a crowdfunding publisher, said I wanted to break their record for crowdfunding a novel. Well, what was it? Unbound. It was unbound. Unbound, yeah. Um we did it their record was two weeks. We did it in one. Oh wow. Kicked up a kind of big stink and um in the mainstream media and in social media and then got a mainstream release and it's gone really well since but yeah it's funny isn't it when you think about it now it seems so weird especially as it's done so well yeah that publishers would think it was too gay
1: it's interesting because recently I've kind of been going through the whole like publishing route as well myself and a few months back we we submitted my manuscript as well and we got very much the same kind of feedback you know this is a little bit too gay I was trying to you know push my book as a travel memoir And they were basically saying, no, you either have to take this, you know, fully into the gay niche and be in that niche and just be a gay book or or, or you can't do it essentially. Because, you know, as we are gay men, it's like we can't tell our stories without being pushed into a gay niche. I I think that's a little bit unfair like did you find that a little bit disheartening
2: oh i think it's it's more than disheartening i think it's absolutely outrageous and also these people to be perfectly honest Colin, these people do not know what they are talking about mm. publishing is so old-fashioned and stuck in its ways and not dynamic you know all the kind of drive towards diversity of all kinds for all the different types of voices on tv and in the print media and in film and all these different areas theater they have no idea yeah they think because I've got a northern accent, publishers, that it's radical and that it's a working class voice. <laughs> yeah. I remember, get this, I remember having a meeting with my um, last publisher to talk about the um, publicity campaign for a book. And it was summer and this builder walked passed with no top on. He was absolutely drop dead gorgeous. And yeah. I said to the girls in the room, get a load of that girls, isn't he fit? And everybody looked at me and went, oh! As if I'd said the most outrageous, outrageous thing ever. Really? I'm like, you guys haven't heard anything yet. They literally think it is radical to be gay in 2018. And I'm really sad to hear that you're having. The same reaction as I did because they're obviously just not if still not taking notice. Mm.
1: and I, I think it's frustrating as well because we are seeing incredibly successful books now. We're seeing like "Call Me by Your Name," "Simon versus the yeah. Homo Sapien Agenda," etc., and they're doing so well. And it's not just reaching an LGBT plus audience; it's reaching you know audiences everywhere of all different groups. Well, what
2: they don't realize is that you know the woman, the Supreme Court judge, when in the U.S. when they um, gave us equal marriage, she said something like, "We are doing this because we've." all learnt that you are like us. We've all got gay neighbours, gay brothers Mm. gay colleagues and um, that is the case now that more and more people come out and live visible lives that is more and more the case in this country and um people don't have any kind of barrier to empathy with the gay experience anymore, mm. or certainly a lot less so, but publishers it's outrageous, some of the things that they say, and um, also, as if, you know, when they said that to you about the gay the gay audience as if they don't deserve to be served no, Totally, you and know. it's an
1: enormous audience who, who who like to spend money as well, you yeah. know, typically the pink pound, you know that's that's a thing.
2: Well, um, I thought I'll tell you why, I, the part of the reason I crowdfunded this book was because when I was editor-in-chief of Attitude I looked at our social media channels and you know we had um something like 140,000 on Instagram where more than that on Twitter 800,000 on Facebook yeah and I thought right to have a best-selling book in this country because publishers don't do their job very well (laughs) it only takes about 30,000 35,000 to sell yeah I thought right you have got an audience there and these books can be bestsellers and um, they don't know what they're talking about. They literally don't know what they're talking about. They are so old-fashioned and stuck in their ways. That industry is so white, upper-middle class. Mm. When I, I went to a publishing party once, I sound like I'm ranting now, like some <laughs> old <laughs> banshee on a soapbox, but I went to a publishing party once run by another publisher. I won't tell you who they were. There were 700 people there who worked for the publisher, their writers and their agents. And I was looking around, I saw one black face who wasn't a glass collector or a waiter. And I said to this senior editor there, I said, I don't understand how this can be a party to celebrate the success of this publisher. And I can't see anybody who's not white. And he said... Oh, I'm sure we've got an assistant in the finance department who's mixed race. Oh my gosh! Like in the finance
1: department, that's making no impact on what they're doing. That
2: that was fine because they had one mixed race woman out of seven hundred. It's outrageous, and that they're saying to you that their marketing people or their business people can't look at your followings and your social media channels and the reach of this show, and um, they can still say that you're non-commercial. I mean, it's just bullshit.
1: It is bizarre. It is bizarre. But I'm hoping that, you know, that world will catch up. You know, we're seeing it. We're seeing in TV and movies and things that they seem to be coming around slowly. I mean, it's still a lot of progress to be made. But I I would like to think the literary world would also catch up.
2: Well, what I need to do is so my book's out in hardback (laughs) and it's been a big hit and that's great. But hardback. It's not the mainstream um, format. It needs to come out in paperback, which isn't until the spring.
1: So, are you Um, doing another campaign around that? I'm going to do
2: another big blast. Yes, and hopefully, when it's in all the supermarkets and everybody's buying it in paperback and it sells in big numbers, and once the film goes into production, is that is that which is which is happening and is very exciting? Oh my gosh, that's amazing! I can kind of shove two fingers up at them (laughs) and have the last laugh. Yeah, we because it got so much tension around the crowdfunding campaign, I sold the film. Writes unbelievably to the producers of A Star Is Born, the Lady Gaga Bradley Cooper amazing. film. Amazing, and um, yeah, I mean it's just like unbelievable, you know. And look at that, the film industry—they've learnt lessons. Yeah, they've learnt lessons about the, you know, commercial um, possibilities of films like Love Simon, yeah. Call Me by Your Name, like you say, Moonlight, and um, Brokeback Mountain. I watched the other huge, day. Yeah. You know, and um, they've they've learnt those lessons, but. Publishing hasn't, but don't give up, Darwin. You've got to take on. Oh, mom. I won't give up.
1: So let, let's let's actually talk about the Madonna of Bolton, and let's talk about the the content of the book without giving anything away. So, what inspired this story? I want I want to talk about Madonna specifically because I will say something that will upset you a great deal. You don't I'm, like her? No, no, no. I don't. I'm just <laughs> I'm just going to come out and say I didn't understand the whole Madonna thing, and I think. Uh, I I don't know. I think I was just kind of unaware of her impact, especially on young gay people. And it wasn't until I actually got invited by a friend to go and see her in concert on World Age Day at the O2 a couple of years ago. And oh, I, was, I was there. Were you there as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. And I went along and I was like, well, yeah, Madonna, she makes some good songs. I don't really know that much about Madonna or her, her history, but I thought, you know I'll, I'll go along. It sounds like fun. And I went and I was absolutely blown away by her. And it was when she stopped to take a moment to talk about World AIDS Day. Yeah, I remember. And she talked about
2: one of her son, his parents had died of AIDS. Yeah. In and like
1: way. the fact that she addressed that so empathetically and she clearly had such a a knowledge around the issues. Like she clearly understood. And at that moment it clicked for me. Suddenly Mm. I understood why she is such an incredible ally. And why so many people looked up to her?
2: Well, the truth is, I think there's two things. First of all, if you look at her as an artist, she's, in some ways, she's her own worst enemy because she, for years, didn't like celebrating her back catalogue and her legacy because she didn't want to draw attention to how long she'd been around. She didn't want to become a nostalgia artist. Well, therefore, as a result of that, people forgot a lot of the stuff that she did. Mm. And actually, if you just look at her as an artist, in terms of the songs, the videos, the looks, the art of reinvention, the concert tour, the Blonde Ambition template, every pop star follows now, still. She did it all first, and she was amazing. Um, But... In terms of her as an LGBT ally, it was interesting it, on World AIDS Day this year, I don't know if you saw her post on Instagram, she had several really close friends who died of AIDS, but one in particular, her best friend. She was with him on the day he died. He was only 23, Martin Burgoyne. Gosh. Um, she's written songs about him. Um, the, the mentor, who was her dance teacher, was gay, who took her to a lot of dance clubs, gay clubs at the end of the 70s, and that's what... You know, that's where she found her voice. Keith Haring, the artist, the graffiti artist, was a close friend of hers. She, from the beginning, was doing AIDS benefit concerts, Um, it's it's really if you weren't there in the 80s yeah my book is partly about if you have a hard time for whatever reason in your life whether it's domestic violence, divorce, addiction depression, anything and you cling on to a pop icon to kind of get you through Mm. you know that attachment emotionally that a lot of us feel to our favourite pop singer that's partly what it's about but in my case which it's based on growing up gay in a world which rejected me the only pop Star i could have had as a spirit guide was madonna because if you weren't there in the 80s it's really difficult to describe but we were literally loathed and despised Mm. and you know people were bringing the government was bringing in laws against us so we couldn't corrupt children people thought we were sexual predators we spread disease we couldn't be trusted around children and um basically this was a time when artists like freddie mercury He was great. I love him. He couldn't come out. He didn't feel he could come out in his lifetime. He never came out. George Michael didn't come out until he was outed in the late 90s. You know, nobody would come out. There was a handful. And Madonna, in terms of mainstream artists, Madonna was the biggest star in the world. And she was waving the flag. She was parading her gay dancers, her gay brother. She had gay characters in her videos. From the beginning, sailors with their arms around each other. You know, right from the beginning, she was doing AIDS benefit concerts. When she did the film In Bed With Madonna, which was behind the scenes on the Blonde Ambition tour, six of her seven dancers were gay. She filmed them French kissing. This is 1990. She filmed them French kissing at Gay Pride. And when interviewers said to her, this is irresponsible, you are promoting gayness to your impressionable fans, she absolutely took them down. Good. Too right. And it's really... It is impossible to understate that, in terms of her role as an ally. You know, people talk about RuPaul's Drag Race and how amazing it is that it's that it's drawn on that underground subculture from New York of the Harlem Bowl circuit and the drag queens.
1: But Madonna's been doing doing that the whole time. Madonna took this in Vogue in 1990.
2: And it was black and Latino drag queens that she was just parading in front of the world and doing a song about gay culture and how we escaped on the dance floor. It was amazing. And um, I like to think my book does have a universal quality that anybody will be able to get it, even if they don't like Madonna. But it's fascinating that you say that because I think a lot of people don't realize
1: yeah totally 100% well i'm 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 so thrilled that you know madonna inspired all of this in you and you know in, in inspired you growing up but also inspired the book that you she have today she saved my life if it wasn't for her <laughs> <laughs> um, i have a little treat for you um, <gasps> but before we do that we're going to have a little bit of music uh, so this is a little bit of power slide All right, Matt, are you ready for a game?
2: I am ready for a game. I'm always game, darling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are going to be playing a little bit of Porn or Not Porn. Um, and as you are such an enormous Madonna fan, <laughs> we have got a Madonna-themed Porn or Not Porn this week.
2: Fantastic. Uh, Can so- I just say one confession, though, before we start? Yes. I am literally the only gay man I know who doesn't watch any porn. Well, well, well that's interesting. Like- so I may be unqualified. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm literally, like, the least pootish person ever it's Um, just not for you I've just never been into porn no it's never done it for me you're not the
1: first person to come on this show and say that so you're you're not alone there are other people like you who who have maybe dabbled and gone and gone no actually this isn't this isn't for me I consume porn like my life depends (laughs) on it So, uh, (laughs) uh, so for our lovely listeners if you don't know how this game works I have one two three four five sound clips here some of them have been taken from porn and some of them have been taken from Madonna so it may be music videos it may Maybe interviews. What if it was
2: Madonna doing kind Uh, uh, of porn? Some of her pony videos. Could be. Could
1: be. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I don't know the answers either, so we're going to be working together to figure this out, and our lovely producers are going to tell us the answers. So I think we should dive right in. Absolutely. Our first one is. Mm, I think you're going to be very good at this. By the way. Your face is already lit up, like you know something. Yeah,
2: well, I'm... I, you know, I've, I have literally... I can go into you, YouTube black holes for days <laughs> once I start Googling old Madonna stuff. Um, are we allowed to listen again? Yeah, yeah,
1: of course we are. Here we go. <laughs> mm. I don't think that's a poem. Don't you? You think no. this is a, like, Madonna interview or something?
2: That, that sounds to me like in an interview when she's being a bit flirtatious.
1: Yeah. Um... That giggle at the start sounds very <laughs> porny, though. Listen. It does sound. It, but, it, but it could be Madonna. It could go
2: either way. Um, I'm going to say. I'm going to say
1: not porn I, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with you on this because you are the Madonna expert and I feel like you would know if it wasn't oh my her God, voice my the pressure. can you imagine if I can't spot <laughs> her voice no I
2: fall at the first hurdle the most basic <laughs> test
1: <laughs> you'll have to rename your book if it <laughs> uh, let, let's say not porn okay I, I believe porn. in you okay we are saying that this is not porn this is indeed Madonna not porn. Madonna laughs when an interview asks if she creates her own looks, and she says, "Do you think someone else could come up with these, with this?" and then laughs and tells him he doesn't have an answer to that. Have you seen this Hooray! interview? Yeah, I'm sure
2: I've literally seen them all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amazing. All right. So one out of five. See if we can get five out of five. I'll be very impressed. Uh, next one. Oh, come on! Oh, come on! That has to, sh- porn, surely? That's,
2: no, that's got to be porn. It hasn't has it? to be. Oh, come
1: on! Oh, I'm like, or oh, maybe it's in any of her music videos. Is there like a fight scene or is there like a guy putting his hands on her and she doesn't um, want it?
2: Yeah, but don't forget also, she did, um, she's done kind of porny stuff. I mean, she's done videos mm. like Erotica, Justify My Love that were basically considered porn at the time. Oh, band. wow. Okay. She did the whole sex book, which was exploring a woman's desires and it was soft porn. Oh, when yeah she had her ninja and everything. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. And she did I a love film. Madonna. Oh, God. People talk about like Miley Cyrus twerking. I I mean, Madonna did a book in 1992 of naked photographs. She's, like, hitchhiking at the side of the road in Miami naked. That's She's amazing. She's got her bunny out on the beach. I love yeah, it. Yeah, totally. But she also <laughs> did this film that was fucking terrible called Body of Evidence, where she played this woman, who, this serial killer, who fucked her victims to death. Wow.
1: <laughs> I love it.
2: So, actually, I mean, that was, like, a really accelerated film, but if you know so it could be from a scene from that yeah but you could also consider that porn
1: yeah should we listen again yeah okay listen very carefully <sighs> come
2: on that's oh. porn <sighs> come
1: on do you think porn i think that's porn okay I'm, I'm gonna go with you it sounds like porn to me um yeah okay we are saying porn final answer it is not porn. <gasps> this is Madonna starred in the movie Swept Away. Is that the one you meant? No, no. it's a different one. So in one... Another runche- bad one. In one warranty runche- scene, a fisherman comes after her on the beach and demands she admits her burning desire for him as he undresses her. He's really hot too. Sounds a bit rapey though. Sounds a bit like borderline
2: consent issues. Funny well, enough, it, it was a bit, that film. It was, um, it was a bit dodgy. Yeah. On, um, different area, time but-
1: though, I guess. Yeah. You
2: know? Not that long ago, no. Uh-oh. It was a kind of later <laughs> one. It was about 2004 or something. But um, yeah, let's, let's gloss over that. But let's it was I mean, Yeah, all right, all right. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> one right and one wrong. I've got to pull it back.
1: <laughs> all right. Our next one is
0: attitude problem.
2: Excuse me.
1: Oh, attitude problem. Excuse me. That doesn't sound like Madonna to me. But then I don't know her voice that well.
2: God, I do, but um, to be honest, there, there are quite a few bad films that I've seen like <laughs> <Yeah>. once. <laughs> you know that I've seen like once, and um, I wouldn't remember. But the, but yeah, I um, the first two have been hurt. Should we say that's porn? Should we ever listen again? I think attitude uh, problem. Excuse me. That um,
1: his 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 he's British. That guy. Correct? Is that a British yeah, accent? Yeah. So why would if it, it would surely be an American actor if it was one of her
2: Well don't forget she lived here for years, she was married uh, to a Brit. Okay. Um she um it does sound like her voice actually. Hmm. Could it be another bad film though, that I've could so be.
1: We'll Do it one more time. Attitude
2: problem. Excuse me.
1: Ooh. Could go oh it really could go either way. Um, I'm thinking porn, but yeah. I also don't want to sway you. Do you think let's porn? Go, let's go porn. Okay, we are we are saying that this is from porn. Final answer. It is porn. Yay! Yay! This is Smoking Hot Babe with Attitude. A girl is angry that a guy did not release a video he taped of her. He tells her he deleted the video because of her attitude problem, and she wants the video released. They will have to film it again, but this time she must be nice.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> this is why I don't watch porn. <laughs>
1: I'm glad we didn't say that was Madonna. going to be honest. All right, our next one
2: is... What do you think it means? That's Madonna in an interview. No, that's Madonna. (laughs) Um, That is absolutely Madonna. Um, That's an interview where... um, Somebody asks her, it's one of her first interviews, is something like 1983, 1984. An MTV presenter asks her about her tag, boy toy, on her belt buckle. Ooh. And he says, What does it mean? She says, What do you think it means? This is my, this is my, I love I'm it. such if, a sad, I'm gonna order. laugh
1: so much if you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're saying that this is not porn, this is what Matt just said it was. Yeah. Uh, it, yes! yeah it's exactly what Matt just said uh so proud of you for that
2: that's really specific isn't it a graffiti <laughs> tag he asked what does it mean I did actually watch that the other day I have to say I was googling Madonna and Keith Haring the gay graffiti artist who died of AIDS because there's a, the first big exhibition of his work in the UK is next summer at Tate Liverpool mm. and um I was Googling Madonna Keith Haring, and she was wearing some graffiti jacket as well at the time. So anyway, that's why I, I don't, I'm not a sad <laughs> bastard all the
1: time. I'm, I'm so proud of you, and I feel like you've just won back your title of We've being got one the more biggest Madonna though. fan. We've got one more to Don't go. let us down. Don't let us down. Okay, here
2: it is. Mm, really? Mm. That's not Madonna. Do you
1: not th- I thought it was, but then I, I guess I don't know her. Mm, really? You don't think so?
2: Um I don't think that's her actually. No. no. Um I don't think so, but it'd be really embarrassing if we end up at being three two. It's gotta be four (laughs) one. If we can be four right, one wrong, then we have to hold my head up (laughs) hard.
1: Let's hear it again. Really? It sounds a bit porny. But then like you said, it could be from any of those kind of erotic y
2: Yeah. But if you
1: don't think that's a voice, I think I think you're the expert.
2: I don't think that's her voice, but um, uh, how about
1: we say that this we say that this is porn, and it, if it does turn out to be not porn, we'll just pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay, we are saying that this is porn it is Yay! yes see you won back your title i love this game can we play it all night <laughs> yeah sub the rest of the show we're just going to continue with this um so that was sexy british babe being punished um a porn asked actress asks her director if he will be nice to her now that she is on her knees he says i'm always nice unlike you do as i say to prove you fixed your attitude she laughs and says, really, I, I don't like, I don't, I don't. There's
2: lots of attitude going on in yeah. these, in um, these porn clips today. The thing I don't like about porn is that,
1: that it, 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 I find there's these often quite humiliating I power know, know. divide, borderline consent issues. And like, I know all the actors are consenting and things, but I don't know, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. Um, it's not all porn, you know, there's some incredible ethical porn out there, but I don't know, sometimes it's I,
2: know, I totally agree. a little bit touch and go. Um, I totally agree. And also, I mean, in fairness to the people who make porn, um, sometimes some of our fantasies about sex can be quite self-destructive and not very self-respecting. So they might argue that they're responding to that genuine urge from Mm -hmm. viewers but i'm not sure even if i had those urges and i have at various times in my life i'm a bit older now and i've worked through all that but i'm not sure whether i'd want to see it reflected on the screen sure
1: i mean yeah i mean like i i I quite openly talk about the fact that i enjoy bdsm but i think (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like there 's something that, that you know there 's bdSM and, and getting quite you know aggressive and things in the bedroom, but I think there 's a very important line where, where it 's consensual I think there 's something actually quite special and intimate about that person opening themselves up and giving yeah, you that yeah, trust yeah, yeah, yeah. and I feel like that side is very rarely reflected in porn. I feel like it's, it's, you, you never see that you never see that no, you know what I fully trust you you know, we have a safe word, et cetera, that you don't see that. And I think sometimes it kind of misportrays
2: things. Well, because that's working on the assumption that um, basically the urge towards BDSM and all those desires are not very self-respecting. and mm. You only work in safe words and stuff as a means of kind of just, you know, making it more palatable. But actually, as you say... There is a genuine, authentic intimacy Mm. at the root of some of those desires. Definitely, definitely, definitely.
1: Well, what a what a fun way to end that little game. Uh, We are going to be joined by a special guest um, very shortly. But before that, we're going to have a little bit of "Beast of the Night" by Cat Bear. We are now joined by the absolutely stunning On Mikel. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? It's great to have you here. So we're joined in the studio as well by the incredible Matt Kane, who is just a gay man about town. has he's published a book. He used to be editor of Game. He's done all the things. Um, Hello,
2: On. Good to
1: well, meet you. Hi there. Good to meet you too. <laughs> so, uh, so On, um, we're here to talk about your reality series, which is called Putting On. I like the play on words there. That's very clever. Um, uh, tell tell us a little bit about that.
0: Uh, well it's a new reality show about following my life, building my underwear company with my ex boyfriend, um and all the the you know, hard moments, happy moments, everything in my life. Um Yeah, you know, working working with my ex, so why not film it
1: <laughs> so, so, and so you were were you already ex-boyfriends when you started this, or was this something that was going to happen when you were together and then you separated?
0: so actually, we started to work on the company when we were together, and then uh, about a week before you know the big process started, like you know going to the factory, going to the everything yeah then he decided to break up with me and we already have. Cameras kind of documenting the process of the company, so it just turned out as a reality show because it was just unplanned. And yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm so, surprised. <laughs> I'm so intrigued by the com, uh, by by the concept of it. You know, it sounds like such an interesting journey and such a quite intimate and personal thing to do as well how did how did that kind of how did it come to be you know what did somebody approach you did you approach somebody else like how because it's it's such a niche thing which I, which i love about it but you know how, how did that come to be
0: so um i have a lot of friends from you know the hollywood industry from the tv shows and one of my friends he's a producer colby he told me that this story has to be on camera Like, I was crying to him after the breakup, like, what am I going to do, like, how am I going to work with him, blah, 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 and he told me just, like, you know, just be you, keep running your empire, and let's film it, and, you know, you'll find your way, and I said, okay, fine, like, you know, like, my family, friends, everybody told me, keep doing what you do with the company, like, don't stop now and, you know, go go with your heart. And my heart was to keep my ex in the company because we did start it together. Um, It wasn't easy for me, of course, but I'm happy that they made this decision because now I can show everybody that when you're breaking up with somebody, you don't need to hate them and you can move on.
2: Well, can I ask? On, can I ask, Gon? The way that you described it, it sounded like when you said it was unexpected, it sounded like it was an acrimonious breakup that was his decision rather than yours, and therefore it must have been quite a difficult thing for you to carry on doing, especially if he was parading his new man in front of you. I'm not sure I could have done that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it was a big surprise. I was like ready to get married, actually, um, but yeah he like this breakup really kind of it was the worst days of my life like oh. my 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 mom flew all the way from Israel to New York to like get me off the ground and like help me get it together but but i like you know I found out I'm a strong person after that and and
2: yeah like it was really hard
0: if if this is the question but but again, like years passed, and I'm thankful for
1: everything. Did you did you kind of see it as like almost like, a, you know, filming the series? Was it almost like a, a silver lining for you, you know, to go through something so awful, but then to have this series based on it? You know, it's I'd go as far as saying that actually something incredible has come of this. Did You know, did the series actually help you through that time? Uh,
0: for sure, I'd say yes, because uh, I wanted to stop filming when it happened, but my producers just, like, you know, told me, keep doing what you do, please don't stop, like... Of course, you can see a few moments on the show that I just told the camera to just like, step out. I don't want to film it right now. I'm crying or something like that. I didn't want to, didn't want to be on camera weak or not as strong as I'm trying to be. Um, but I am thankful. Like Let's say all the crew and the cameras around me all the time kept me busy than thinking about the breakup and about what's going on and how we're splitting our life right now. <laughs>
2: I always find it, I have to say, I always find it really uplifting and heartening when we can go through really difficult periods of our lives, and out of that, something amazing can come. Mm -hmm. And it can always be really, um, yeah, surprising, but you can, you know, I mean, if I wanted to be crass, I would say, at least you got a TV series out of it.
0: No, for sure and i i really like think that our show is 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 a good thing for our community to show other sides of us like hard working people like you know we love relationships like out there everybody thinks that we're just party party people yeah and, and not all of us about that like I, i'm like you know i'm getting married so I'm, I'm all about relationships. You're uh, getting married now? You know, what, not, to somebody yeah, tell else? Us, tell
1: us about the marriage.
0: To somebody else, yes.
2: Yeah, that didn't take long, darling. Who's the new man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
0: my new man is Dave, and he's amazing. And we got engaged about four months ago, and I'm the happiest man right now. Oh, okay. so I'm Congratulations. thankful for my breakup. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I found the, 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 the right guy for me. <laughs>
1: And 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 what, and what was it like um, growing up as gay? Um, it, it, are you were you based in Israel, or I know that you're Israeli. Yeah,
0: yeah. I grew up in Israel. I moved to New York when I was twenty.
1: So so how is it how is it growing up in Israel? I mean, I don't really know a great deal about being gay in Israel.
0: Um. So honestly, it's very open. Like everybody asked me since I was kind of a like teenager, "What's going on? What's going on?" and mm. I kept it to myself, honestly, till I moved. I felt more comfortable to just like, I mean, it would be like even more dramatic right now, but I came out after this breakup cause I just couldn't like, you know, lift myself. And I, I thought like my world is about to end. Mm. The, so the day after the breakup is the day that I told my mom and I told everybody. Um, but growing up as a gay in Israel, even though I was in the closet, kind of, it was, it was amazing. And even now, I'm even more welcome there. Oh, in press, in work, in the, like, that, with my friends, and family. Yeah. That's Israel incredible. Very
1: open. That's really, really incredible. And, and what's the reaction been like to the Because the series came out on November 30th, is that right?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. So, so, so what's, um, what's the reaction been like?
0: everybody like amazed cause I I really the past two years was a long journey of hard working success and not like and really unsuccessful days and everybody like you know when they see me on camera and what I'm doing after the break cause everybody knows that I, I was so in such a bad shape back then so everybody like really welcoming and loving and yeah. Of course, my family, friends, and also fans, and I don't know, like everybody who is watching the show. People are really, really nice, and I'm really mm. thankful because I thought it in my life was boring, but everybody thinks that uh, it's not.
1: <laughs> and, and and was there did anything kind of un? I I and I mean, you know, go, going through this process, there must have been so many unexpected turns. But was there anything that particularly stood out? You know, did anything really unexpected happen? With, I, I know you maybe don't want to give too much away.
0: Um, what do you mean, about like business-wise?
1: Yeah, yeah, like there, there must have been some bumps in the road.
0: Yeah, for sure. So like, you know, as somebody with so many followers on social media, I thought it's like I'm launching a brand and that's it, I'm gonna be sold out in one day. Mm-hmm. Of course it didn't happen, this is not how business works. And um, and you're getting upset, and you're getting disappointed, and you're trying everything you have. Mm-hmm. I have all these like, celebrities girlfriends that was wearing my stuff. Yeah. So you, you have months that you 're selling thousands of products, and then you have months you 're selling two products and when you 're investing so much money in a company it it, really, it can make you know, break you sometimes so I had like really bad days and and you know I'm still having like you know you have amazing days and then you have bad days, but this is business and Ooh.
2: I put myself in this wall now. So, <laughs> but what's that saying? You can't have the rainbow unless you have the rain first. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> Isn't <Exactly>. that true? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's raining a lot, but yeah, <laughs> I see a lot of rainbows
1: too. <laughs> and and, and is, is is the business still at success today? Is the is the underwear still still going? Yeah,
0: the underwear is great. It's going, and we're selling now in Europe also, like in France and. Middle East, in Israel. I'm, I'm and definitely... I'm launching, I launched a perfume and cosmetic line and so much more, like in season two. I can't really share everything, but... Um, That's but
1: so exciting. A, yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> going to need to get some of those underwear. Um, where, where, yes, you where, will. <laughs> where, can, where can people watch? It's on IGTV, is that right? So
0: it's on IGTV and on the Revry app. Um, yeah, the IGTV is much easier because you're just going to Reverie TV uh, Instagram, it's right there.
2: But I, I'll
0: tell you all and whoever is listening to go to the Referee app because they have amazing shows besides my show.
2: <laughs> and what about your underwear, darling? Where can we buy it? <laughs> uh,
0: well, to you guys, I'm going to send some, but everybody <gasps> oh, else can buy it on, uh, on MichaelBrand.com. Uh, it's... Uh, yeah it's my name and
1: brand.com the website amazing and if and if you can't find any of that if you hop on over to my twitter you'll see it on the Fubar radio um twitter as well or you all all your stuff is over there so you have been it's been so great having you on the show on you've been such a superstar and i I cannot wait to um watch the show putting on it it sounds amazing
0: thank
1: you so much for having me of course We'll, we'll see you around sometime see you later bye
0: Bye, guys. Thank you.
1: During that song that cut off very abruptly. During that song, uh, Matt and I were having a lovely little chat about relationships and I think you know that that moves on quite next quite nicely to the to our final section of the show. This is sex confessions. Thank you so much to everyone who has sent in your confessions. If you want to send us confessions for future shows, you can do that by emailing Callum at foobarradio.com. It is completely confidential and well it's not confidential because we're saying it on the radio. <laughs> it's completely anonymous. anonymous is what I meant to say. Um, so thank you so much. To everyone who has sent those in, so Matt, we are going to read these and react to them. Do you, would you like to read the first one
2: for me? Okay, the first one is: How do I get my boyfriend, my new boyfriend, to take off his hat indoors? <laughs> he even sometimes wears it during sex. I keep telling him, that it's hard to not pester in a to not pesto in a new relationship.
1: I don't like. I'm. D-
2: <laughs> what kind of hat it is? I mean, it could be a hot hat.
1: Yeah, like if, uh, like a nice little cap. I'd find that quite hot if you wore yeah. it during sex. Like, yeah. I think you should thank him.
2: It's weird, well, yeah, isn't it? It's like when somebody keeps um, a baseball cap on or something, you know, or um, or like they keep their socks on. Yeah, it can sometimes be. Hot. I suppose it is a bit weird though, isn't it? When they take everything else off.
1: I think, I, so I, I don't know if this is the case. I'm, I'm guessing here. But when I, I've shaved my head twice for, to raise money for cancer research and when I have like no, because I would do it like with a razor all the way down to the scalp. You put and on. I would feel really, really insecure. I, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think pe- a lot of people look great bald, but I don't personally think I do. And I remember hooking up with a guy while i had like literally zero hair and i had a cap on and he tried to take it off in the bedroom and i like got a little bit angry and i was like no don't touch it like because i felt so
2: insecure shall i tell you what though though you've got a kind of pretty boyish face i think bold can look hot when somebody's a bit more dilfy like mm, a bruce willis yeah Jason totally Statham totally thing. and i love that kind of look yeah. actually but i can see how it wouldn't necessarily look great on you but you know what I know a guy who's really insecure about going bald mm. and he wears a hat all the time so
1: I'm wondering if that that, that could be the case yeah. here maybe, maybe there's a possibility that he feels a little bit insecure about his hair or, or something and maybe that's why he doesn't want to take it off I mean I'm guessing it might not be
2: yeah but also I mean I don't want to like Throw a shirt or anything, but um, it's quite a basic. Uh, you know, it's quite a basic thing that she could discuss with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a new boyfriend. Yeah. You need to set lay down the ground rules, and presumably, communication, self-expression are thing policies that this guy wants to follow. I he said she, then this guy. Oh, he or she? Yeah,
1: we don't. We not know. Wants but yeah. to
2: follow. Um, I would suggest just bringing it up with him. How can I get him to take it off? Indoors, well, ask why he wears it. Maybe I know that's a really boring, basic response. Yeah,
1: but and it doesn't have to be. You don't have to do it in a naggy, pestry way. You know, no. you can just bring it up in conversation. Like, oh, it's interesting that you always wear a cap. Is you know, is that a, a, a preference or you know, yeah, something like that. I guess. Um, so I, I hope you resolve this but also you know it's, it doesn't sound like the, 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 the worst issue in the world no. so you know it sounds like your relationship, if that's your biggest issue in your relationship I think you're fine
2: <laughs> is the sex good that's <laughs> yeah, yeah I is, then, know. sod the hat how's if the it, sex? I know if it's really good yeah you can wear what you want <laughs> <laughs> uh, some,
1: somebody else has emailed just saying hey Carl, loved your episode with Madame Storm would love a pet so we had an incredible woman on the show um, called Madame Storm and she was like I think international dominant I forget her title but she was a domination she was incredible and she had several pets who would come and into ah. her house and do her dishes and all of these other things and to be honest whoever's written this in and you're saying you would love a pet i would also love a pet i think it sounds like great fun you know i feel like you have to be a certain type of person though you have to have that kind of like i, I like to be dominating but I, i'm i think it's tricky in in more regular day-to-day life so i think out of the bedroom that's when i can i kind of struggle
2: i'm always intrigued by those relationships where one partner likes to be dominated in one context and then dominate dominate in another Mm. you know so um somebody might be very bossy and the leader in um a relationship but in the bedroom they like to be more submissive i always find those things really intriguing
1: well i i i've always because because when it comes to kind of sex and things like particularly if it is bdsm i know that myself I, i like to be the the dominating partner dominating. however when it comes to relationships and kind of like the emotional side of relationship like i think i prefer to be the little spoon i prefer yeah. to have somebody to take care of me and I, so you know i don't think your kind of your emotional wants and your sexual wants have to match up because they, they definitely don't for me
2: no but shall i tell you one thing that's interesting i saw a psychotherapist in my 30s for five years and he was amazing and he used to talk about sex a lot and he i remember him saying to me when you are masturbating and therefore there's no limits to your fantasies mm. there's no kind of um, no other factors getting in there it's just your fantasies um, he said what you think about in the moment that you come tells the story of your life oh it's wow completely linked the thing that most gets you off when you've no restrictions or limitations um, is determined by your psychological kind of development and I what's going that. on there. It's interesting, though, isn't it? And actually, if you think about gay sex, there's so many different things. I mean, just the top-bottom thing, it's such a crucial thing that turns you on, whether it's both or one or the other. I mean, it's there's such different things that you're getting out of, the sexual mm. activity. And um, it is all linked to the way we see ourselves and... Totally. So like
1: somebody should like do a, I'm sure studies have already been done on this, but like, I would love to read a study on this. So would I <laughs> think we need to commission one ourselves. Uh, Matt, that actually brings us to the end of the show. Oh, no, and there's lots of there's sex, loads confessions. More sex confessions. We'll have to read them off her. <laughs> <first. laughs> we will indeed. Um, before we leave, I do, I do, I, uh, you know, I want to very briefly touch again on on Madonna of Bolton. So, Thank you. what is the best way that people can support your books? I know y- the hardback is available right now. People can order it. People can buy it. Um, yes, and
2: it's out in ebook as well. It's not out in paperback till um, May, but. But it's out in hardback now, um, to be honest. I know you're supposed to direct people to bookshops. And you can get it in Waterstones and all the normal bookshops. But... Um Sometimes hardbacks are quite expensive, mm. and on Amazon, the last time I looked, it had gone to less than a tenner, and I was quite pleased about that Amazon. because yeah, get it, yeah, get it on Amazon because basically you can <laughs> save yourself a fiver. <laughs> yeah, do it, um,
1: and also people should people should follow you on your on your socials to find out when the paperbacks coming paperback is coming out and I'll support you there as well. I think. yes,
2: please at Matt Kane writer. I'm always on them. I need to post a picture of the two of us together as soon as I get our face. Yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Matt, you have been an absolutely amazing guest. It has been such a pleasure to have you. And I mean I've wanted you to get you on for such a long time. and Thank you. Anytime I've loved it. And and we also we also need to get together for to cause some mischief soon because Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Try and stop me.
1: <laughs> well um so that does bring us to the end of the show and I am gonna play you out with a new song. This is a little bit of middle of a heartbreak and this is by Leland thank you so much for listening everyone and thank you again Matt you've been a star we'll see you all later bye
0: you've been listening to a foobar radio podcast for more information go to foobar